Hello everyone, I'm Annie Gibbons and you're listening to Memoirs of Successful Women, the podcast where you get to hear candid conversations with fascinating women from around the globe who share aspects of their business and life journey, how they measure their success and what they have learnt along the way. Well, hello and welcome to Memoirs of Successful Women. Today, I'm going to introduce to you Celeste Barclay, and she is a non-diplume, lives near um, the Southern Californian coast with her husband and son. She's grown up in the Midwest and she enjoys much of her time in the water. So now she lives near the beach. She loves swimming, surfing, rowing, all things active. And we today, we're actually going to be talking about how she became a best-selling author in the romance genre so you're going to hear her story about how did a uh, an English teacher who holds degrees in international affairs and political management how did she channel that and go through an experience to become a uh, a prolific historical romance writer so welcome to the program Celeste. Thank you for having me I'm so happy to be here. It is such a pleasure to be talking to you today. So how about we start off with where are you at the moment? What does Celeste Barclay's look, life look like? How many books have you currently got out? And, you know, how big are you, Celeste? Well, as of this past Tuesday, I have 27. So I published my first book, April 15th. 2018. Um, in the US, that's tax day. So it was a much better way to celebrate than dealing with my taxes. Yes. Um, and in the last three years, I've just fallen in love and have a passion for what I do and the creativity and the outlet that it lets me have. And so uh, between having a vivid imagination, being a very fast typer and loving what I do, I've published 27 books and I'm set to publish a total of 30 by the end of this year. So <laughs> I love what I do and I do a lot of it. Uh, so. <laughs> you sure do. Pumping out 27 books is quite phenomenal and to be, you know, have such a bit of big following. And for those who are watching on YouTube, I can see a whole lot in the background. Um, and so how did you have the, did you acquire this skill to one, be so prolific, so quick? So you say, it said you're quick at typing, uh, but mm -hmm. you've obviously got to have the, the scope of this, you know, this story and what's going to happen. How did you acquire those skills to become so quick at throwing books together? I think it, it's a combination of a number of things. It is a very vivid and active imagination. I'm fortunate for that. It is also the ability to be very, very focused and be able to sit down and work without being distracted by the distractions in my house. You know, I've had two teenagers at home yeah. all school year. My husband has teleworked for most of the last year. And so we all have our own spaces in the house, but there's still other things going on. And I truly believe that having had kids and then going through grad school for two different degrees and having to work or mom during the day and then from eight to 11 o'clock, eight till midnight, I did my work. Yeah. I'm very able to churn out high quality work, but in a finite amount of time. 
And yeah. so that improved my typing skills for sure, but it also helped me to really know how to manage my time and maximize the results that I get from the efforts that I put in. And so, you know, I juggled the first two years of my writing career being a full-time teacher and then secretly being a full-time author as well. But as of December 2019, what year are we in? 2019. <laughs> Yeah, Sorry, I have to think for a moment there. 2019, I became a full-time author. I left the classroom and decided that, you know, I've always wanted to help people. And that's why I became a teacher. But mm -hmm. the assignment I had was just very emotionally draining at the time. It was a hard assignment and I loved my students, but it was, it was rough. Yeah. Um, and so I started writing out of catharsis and escapism. And what I started to realize as I published and I started building this readership, people were saying that I love the escapism that you give me, that I can just relax for a few hours. And it made me yeah. realize and understand that I'm still helping. It's just in a different capacity. And yeah, it's historical and there's a lot of fact in there. But I'm not there to teach. I'm yeah. there to give escapism. And that's a different type of helping. But I find it really fulfilling. Oh, I think, I think it's amazing what you've achieved. There's so many things in that conversation to unpack now. So uh, first of all, yeah, that's right. Escapism is so valuable. How often do we actually just not stop? I must admit, I'm enjoying digging into some, do, doing more and more reading because, you know, life gets too busy. And I know that after being a mum of five, you know, that you then you're always on the go. You're always busy. There's always something to do rather than just to be. And so the value of actually just getting into, that's right, a historical romance uh, book that you can just go, oh, that's right. I feel like I'm, I'm in this moment, you know, who doesn't, who doesn't doesn't want to do that so absolutely massive need uh, for that and that's right it is it's helping people in a different way um, I love what you mentioned too of you know it's actually you've been able to do so much of this because of good time management because I know you had your your kids pretty young and um, and so that's right being able to navigate you know having a couple of children young around degrees and doing that that's right you become very efficient don't you you know it's like okay well I've got to I, you don't rather than competing and you want to be in the moment when you've got with your children but as soon as they go to sleep it's like right I've got three yeah, hours yeah, four yeah, hours yeah, me time yeah yeah and I just I learned how to steal moments here and there to also be productive so you know when my kids were at swim practice I was writing or before that I was grading you know mm -hmm. so I learn how to use the time that I had available to me yeah. to make the most out of that, you know, and where I might have been pleasure reading in the past or just, you know, watching my kids swim with their faces down in the water. I started to really use that time to my benefit and it helped me to start writing and thinking through my stories faster and making me more efficient. But, you know, I know I'm a little little bit of an odd duck with how long I can sit and concentrate for. Um, that isn't typical. I get that. But I think it comes from the fact that I do have good time management and I am very internally motivated 
and externally motivated. I'm very competitive with myself, but I'm also competitive with other people, probably mm. not to the healthiest degree. <laughs> but because of that, you know, I am hyper-focused, hyper-productive. And so it, it, I'm fortunate that way. That's the way I'm wired. Um, yeah. I think that's a perfect combination. You want to have that burning fire in your belly that go, yeah, I'm doing what I love, right? You know, there's so many times in your life that you're kind of like, yeah, I'm doing this job because I'm trained to do it or I'm very good at it. But there's aspects of it that, you know, with any job that are challenging, right? That bring you down, which drain your energy. And so, and then you've gone through, which is, very much reasonable, realistic that you've juggled both. You're working full-time as the teacher, going home and doing the, the writing at night and then making that big, bold decision to go, all right, I'm going to give up the security and then be able to make this the main gig. So, yeah. uh, you know, for those who are listening in and just go, oh my gosh, you know, imagine just being an author. How does that happen? Yeah, it happens. Everything happens the hard way, right? Like that's life, you know, it actually happens because you're disciplined, you're driven. Uh, mm -hmm. And then you make, make the journey that, you know, if I do this, if I get some started while I'm working, I can then be able to afford to make it my main gig. And I just so love that. And then, uh, yeah, and I love that competitive nature of yours. So, you know, global domination of, uh, as an author. <laughs> I'm working on it. I'm diversifying my portfolio with audiobooks and translations coming up. So, yeah, you know, between the writing side of it and the business side of it, it really has given me an opportunity to explore skills and strengths I didn't realize I had that are very necessary because I would say writing is about 30, 40% of what I do. And then yeah. business is the other 60 to 70%. You know, yeah. I am an authorpreneur. This is my job and this is my woman-owned small business. And there's a lot that goes into that because I can write a great book, but if nobody knows it exists, then, <laughs> exactly, exactly. You know, I wrote a great book, but it's collecting, yeah. you know, virtual dust on Amazon. So, mm -hmm. you know, just being able to investigate and explore and try out these new skill sets that I've developed have also been really, really rewarding to me. You know, this is the first time. I have a, a job where it does not feel like work. I always thought that that was such a ridiculous saying, oh, if you love what you do, it's not work. And I would always think, yeah, it is. Get it. You know, I love what I do. Even the business side of it presents its own intellectual challenges yes. that are different than the creative intellectual challenges. So I find that it is really fulfilling because I get to do a lot of different things. I wear a lot of different hats as an authorpreneur. So I stumbled into this, but it's been awesome. Uh -huh. Really terrific. Yeah. And I admire that so much about you that you've really taken it, taken it all on, right? You're one of these women, obviously very, very sharp, who's been able to sort of say, yeah, that's right. When we think of an author, we think of just sitting there writing. And that's right. That's like anyone else creating a product, doing art. Um, you know, you can, you can love what you do, but there's so much more. And you've just gone and said, you know, 
70% more is actually, that's right, publishing, marketing, distribution, how does it all work, networking, presenting. There's so many aspects to modern business as an entrepreneur and that's right, to make it make it on. And you would then have the choices to then outsource that or to be able to take that on yourself. So the fact that you're actually writing, I think you said to me you're, you're writing 10 books, 10 books this year? I did 12 last year. This year I'm only doing six. Okay, <laughs> only six. So to be pumping out that many books and then being able to do all the rest of it as well, that's a massive um, juggle of yeah time management and then also being, you know, expertise because all of those areas are niche levels of expertise, right? So you must have been on a massive learning curve over the last few years. So I... You know, I tell people I didn't come out the womb a teacher, even though I spent almost 16 years in the classroom. I do also have a graduate degree in political management, which is essentially PR. So I came into this with some understanding of how to create my strategic plan, even if I didn't write it down. I had some ideas on how to do that. I knew how to figure out my demographics and my target market and how to find them. So I came in with knowledge skill sets, but not ones that I necessarily employed. Yeah. And so there was a learning curve to figuring out how to actually make those skills applicable beyond term papers and group assignments in school. Um, but I had a keen sense for it. And ironically, my mom, my mom is actually a retired professor of international marketing. But I didn't go to her for any help because I totally entered into this as a secret. I did not tell anyone what I was doing. And so my mom and I have had conversations, you know, since then. And she's, she says she marvels at how I know things that she spent 30 years teaching other people. And I, I have to remind her, I do have some actual formal training in this. It, I didn't just figure it out. Yeah. I, I, I was... I was fortunate in that I had some actual professional training, but that doesn't mean that political management entirely translates to authorship. So there was a lot of learning in that as well. Mm. Um, but just, it, it took wherewithal and resolve and determination, um, you know, so absolutely i know when we first met celeste you you told me uh, an amazing fact that when you wrote your first book and you published it you didn't even tell a soul i'm talking your husband your kids your mom you're like secret squirrels typing away going i'm just going to put it out to the universe <laughs> what why how does that then equate with this modern woman now celeste who knows all about publishing marketing making sure that everyone on the planet knows about her books <laughs> well i would say i'm not a particularly whimsical person but i wrote my first book on a whim mm. um you know i started it august of 2017 and my husband was out of town for business and I was like, all right, I'm just going to sit down. I'm going to write. So each night after the kids went to bed, mm -hmm. I sat down and I started writing. And then the school year started and I was teaching, I was being a mom and it just got pushed to the side. My husband's appendix ruptured in January, 2018, and he spent two weeks in the hospital. And that was 
exhausting on so many levels for us that when he was released from the hospital, I needed some kind of catharsis. I needed something that was just for me and not driving back and forth to the hospital and trying to juggle my kids and trying to work at the same time and worrying about him. I just needed a release that was mine. And I hadn't had anything that was just mine in a long time. I was somebody's wife because I'm married into the military. I was somebody's mom. I was somebody's teacher. This was something that was just mine. And I also am very type A and I don't like to try things unless I know I'm going to do them well. So <laughs> I don't want to tell anybody in case, you know, I fell flat on my face and it was a flop. Also, I don't write um, content that is appropriate for the students that I taught. It's <laughs> definitely very mature content. My mother's English. My dad is Moroccan. We don't talk about those things. Mm -hmm. So I wasn't really comfortable with being like, hey, mom, dad, look at this very explicit romance book that I wrote. So I just, you know, my kids were and are still too young to, to discuss the topics of my books. And I just didn't, I didn't want to fail in front of people, to yeah. be honest. That's what it really was. I wanted to see if I could do this. And once I knew I could do it, you know, and by about book three is when things really took off because I really started to learn the business side of it. Yeah. When I did that, I was like, well, all right, well, I guess I'll tell people now. Everyone should know about me now. <laughs> yeah. So in sharing that, Celeste, you know, that's it. So many of us are like that. You know, it is type A. It's that fear of failure, fear of embarrassment, fear of what on earth are you doing? You know, all of that sort of stuff, which is just, it is normal. And it's all right. Even super successful people, everyone has those those feelings, right? And so for you, like that was extreme. <laughs> um, but I, I love that. And then, um, and then that's right. How did you, how did it become, there's a problem there though, because one, you don't tell anyone, but then how do you then make it successful? So, you know, did you tell everybody else in your family just weren't that aware? <laughs> yeah, so. So I, as you said, I have a nom de plume and um, thank you Instagram for outing me to my mother because <laughs> even though I have separate accounts between Facebook and Instagram, it suggested me to my mother and oh, so yeah. my mother was like, there's somebody using your face. <laughs> your name. And I was like, well, I did that. <laughs> Yeah, I did this thing. So, you know, it kind of came out that way. And then again, even though they were totally separate accounts, Facebook through Instagram suggested me to a couple of my friends who were also colleagues. And so I was like, boy, well, okay, now I can't totally keep this a secret. You know, I can't have this secret identity anymore. It's starting to come out a little bit. But for the most part, I really, up until this year, kept my real life and my work life very, very separate. Mm -hmm. um, I kind of came out on my, with my regular Facebook um, a few months ago and was like, wow, by the way, you know, I'm pretty good at what I do. And so I'm going to go ahead and tell you all. 
But a lot of it had to do with the fact that there's a lot of stereotypes to historical romance. And I was apprehensive about it, you know, like people that I've known for 20, 30, almost 40 odd years, like I didn't know how they were going to react to it. And so that was part of that fear of failure of not wanting to be looked down upon, not be mocked for it, you know, oh, you you can't write something serious in a better genre. Never mind the fact that romance is the top selling genre in all of publishing. Yeah, of course, of course. All those you know, critics go and love it themselves, right? <laughs> there was fear involved, but it has been so freeing to finally be like, yes, this is what I do. And I do it well. And I want to tell people about it because if I hadn't had some authors take me by the sleeve and pull me along, I probably wouldn't have stuck with it. I certainly wouldn't have this as a full-time job. Mm -hmm. And so if I can kind of come out and say, hey, this is what I did. Don't be afraid to give it a try. Give it a go if this is what you want. And, and I don't mean specifically writing, but just in general, yeah. if I can help people to see that it's it's worth taking a leap of faith and in yourself and with people around you, whether they're family or just acquaintances, it's worth trying it out. Oh. You know, give it a go. Have more faith in people than you think you can. That's <laughs> often I learned. And that is excellent advice to all of those listening in. Absolutely. We're all about, you know, empowering women I'm into empowering women empowering everybody just to own themselves be themselves support others you know own your space keep developing try things out and help each other and I know you've been supported uh, by people who've really helped you on your walk and that's right and I've got a, a group called women collaborating globally and that's exactly what that's all about it's actually saying yeah, yeah how can we all help each other and support each other so let's talk romance then. Why did you, yes, and we all do, we love, you know, who doesn't love Bridgerton or Outlander and really get into it, right? So did you choose romance because it is the top selling genre or did you actually go, hey, you know what, I'm just a closet lover myself and I could just have so many books, um, you know, on different topics? So it, that's a multi-tiered question or a multi-tiered set of answers. Um, Ever since I was a kid, right before I would fall asleep, I'd kind of have like different scenes that would play out as though they could be story ideas. And I never did anything with it. You know, I just let my imagination go. It was relaxing and I would fall asleep each night. Um, and I have always been a very avid historical fiction reader. I was an English teacher and I was a social studies teacher. So in yeah. the rest of the world, that's history, civics, government, those types of things. Um, I traveled extensively as a kid. And so I had a real passion for historical fiction. And I was recovering from surgery a few years ago. And there were only so many episodes of the Big Bang Theory that I could watch before I was like, I need something else. So on a whim, I picked up or well, downloaded my first historical romance. And I was like, oh, look, they're happy at the end. This is nice. And before I really kind of got into understanding the genre and the tropes, there was some like, are they going to end up together? And then I realized, oh, well, romance always has a happily ever after, <laughs> or at least a happy for now. Um, so I just started reading more and more of them. And eventually those, you know, those sort of scenes that would play out in my head before bed were historical. And so I was like, you know, if 
I have a rule that if a scene comes to me more than once, I have a story to write from that. Yeah. Um, and people often ask what comes first, the characters or the plot? For me, it's very simultaneous. Um, I can't say, oh, I come up with these people and then I want to know what they're going to do or I have this idea of what they're going to do and then I come up with the people. For me, it's completely conjoined. Um, there's no separating that out. So if a scene comes back to me more than once, then I know it's the foundation for a story. And then I, I go from there. And it may not be the opening scene. It could be smack dab in the middle or what turns out to be the middle. But that's kind of how I get started. Um, you know, and so it was writing on a whim after, you know, falling in love with the genre. And that was a stepping stone from historical fiction. So, yeah, wow. you know. And now all your ex year nine students are sitting in the playground going, wow, who would have thought? <laughs> That's also why I have a, a pen name. Was <laughs> exactly. You know what I write at the local grocery store? Not appropriate for the grandmothers <laughs> I taught. So I, I knew I needed to keep those separate. And uh, when I left my position and I told my colleagues, you know, at the time it was book 15 that was coming out. I was like, I think it's time for me to do this full time. Mm -hmm. I did have a colleague come up and say, oh, well, are these books that we could get in our library, the kids would think it's so awesome. I was like, no, uh, <laughs> no, no, no. You might get reported. <laughs> yeah, so that- They must love them. So yeah, I, I like to keep that part. Mm -hmm. I totally understand. And I love that because it's a whole other world. And, and, um, and you are one of those really interesting ladies who is just, yeah, very, very, very focused and very, very intentional in what you, what you have done. Right. So even the fact that you can, you can lock yourself away for like 12 hours straight and just type and develop and 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 create and not be distracted by anything I think that's absolutely amazing well you know I look at it this way I set quantifiable and qualifiable goals they might be long term of I want to write 12 books in 12 months or it can be I need to write 10,000 words today which is about 40 double space pages um, authors talk in words, everybody else talks in pages. But if I set that as my goal, then I know that that's what I need to do. And I do hold myself accountable to that. Um, and so if there's not a really good reason for not completing that task, then it needs to get done. And so setting those goals of saying, okay, I can quantify how much I need to do, but I can also qualify it by knowing I'm going to feel like I've accomplished what I need to for today. I know I'm moving in the right step for the deadline that I've set. So I pull chunks that are achievable. I don't set myself these grandiose goals that I set myself up to fail for. I set myself up for goals that are accomplishable. And then I set out and I do them. Yeah. Um, but I think that that's, and it, you know, I don't, write everything down. I do have to-do lists, but some people like to write all their goal setting. It's rumbling around in here for me, but it happens every day. Even if I don't realize that I'm goal setting, I am. And so that's a, a habit that is ingrained in me that I think is one of the traits of successful people. 
They yeah. know what they want to get done and need to get done by the end of the day so that outside distractions don't pull them off task or they don't get pulled off for very long. Mm. Um, so I think that that's something that's really intrinsic to people who are highly productive. Yeah, absolutely. And it's the consistency and it's the discipline, isn't it? That's right. So you've got those goals and you go, they're realistic, they're achievable, but hello, I have to do them. I have to get in there. I have to apply myself. I have to stay focused and then I will then get the benefits and then I get to enjoy all the rest of, you know, the things that I want to do. Whereas if you don't have that, it's then the, you know, the procrastination or the, you know, the frustration, I didn't get this done. And then sort of, you know, it sort of all unravels. So, you know, I agree. People who are successful learn that very quickly. They go, yeah, don't set yourself up to fail. Work out what is achievable for you. And as you have said, you know, you've built those skill sets. Whenever you do something regularly you will get better at it right you know that's just the way it is if you apply yourself and so you're you will you'll end up becoming more and more productive and either write more or in other areas of business you can actually have some more time off because you're more efficient <laughs> so yeah. it depends on how you want to run your life right and that is true you know I was picked up by a hybrid publisher at the end of last year because she noticed me and she knew I was a good investment because mm. I am disciplined and I am highly motivated. And as a result, I have been able to outsource some of the advertising and marketing components yeah. um, that I used to have to do single-handedly. Mm. Um, I've also picked up an agent recently to work on my audio and foreign rights so that that's something that I don't have to do single-handedly. I have yeah. three audio books that I negotiated on my own and it was enough to catch this agent's eye. And so even though some of the work has been taken off my shoulders, the only reason why it was, was because I got noticed for how determined and disciplined I was in what I produced. Yeah. So, you know, the upside of it is that eventually you can, you know, kind of disperse the load and, and yeah. be able to find other people to help you out. But you have to establish yourself first as somebody that's worth their time and their effort. Exactly. Um, exactly. It's really important. Um, so I'm really fortunate. Yeah, absolutely. You are. And and um, and I think you've, you've outlined uh, the that business growth plan for any entrepreneur that we all start by having to do it all. And it's important to learn the mechanics of what is required and to know what you're also outsourcing, you know, because you still want to have control over it. You just don't want some things to be, you know, taking up your time and energy in some some areas too, you know, it, that is someone's expertise. It's much, it's a much better investment to get them to do that so that you can yeah you can do your writing. And I also love what you shared there. That's right for, you know, a publisher or for other people, that's right. You become bankable because you're dependable. You know, those people, they don't want to invest in someone who's going to suddenly turn up with a book in two years, three years. They actually want to go, okay, well, if Celeste has been given this, this um, investment, then she will, she will produce the goods in, in a very, very um, dependable time. Yeah. Yeah. It's a, I mean, it's, it's like any business relationship, it needs to be mutually beneficial. And if it's not, and it's because of me, I'm going to get dropped and I don't want to get dropped because that means that I've got to go back to doing everything on my own. And I can, but I'm not in a stage where I want to anymore yeah. when I know that I can outsource it and have 
assistance and help with that. And that's what I would prefer. But being dependable, being highly productive, being reliable are all things that have gotten me to this point. And those are all skills that had to be fine-tuned and honed over a lifetime of maturing and experience and things like that. But it's benefiting me now. Mm. So. so now you're an absolute queen of historical romance. Would you try a different genre? Does it interest you to go, you know what? Let's write. What about other areas? Could I become more diverse? Yes, actually, it, it's interesting you should ask that because at first I didn't really think that I was going to want to write anything other than historical romance. I was set on that and I was happy with it. Um, but recently I was approached with an opportunity to write um, a sort of women's fiction upmarket um, genre book. If you're not familiar with the term up genre, it's kind of between literary fiction and commercial fiction. Mm -hmm. um, it's sort of in that middle ground. Um, and so my, my parents and I are immigrants. We arrived when I was a baby in the US, but I have, other than my parents who live in the US now, I have no other family, not only in the US, but in this hemisphere. So oh, wow. yeah, it is my husband, my kids, my in-laws, but you know, on my, my side, it's just them. And so um, having a mom who's English and a mom who, or sorry, a dad who is Moroccan, being half English is fine. Being half Moroccan is a little difficult in the U.S. Um, and it has had peaks and troughs. And so one of the books that I'm starting to work on is a fictionalized account of my life, basically, um, you know, sort of from Desert Storm on and what it's been like to be, you know, half Arab American. Mm. Um, I won't be writing that under... The pen name that I have now. And I also do have a um, World War II series that's rumbling around in my head that would be purely historical fiction. And rather than, you know, sort of band of brothers, Stephen Ambrose up on the front line, boom, boom, boom. I'm looking at it from MI5, MI6. So I'm going to have two stories that are linked to MI5, which was um, domestic intelligence for Great Britain during World War II and MI6, which was despised and espionage internationally. Wow. Um, so I am looking to branch out a bit. Um, I didn't think that I was originally going to, but again, opportunities have presented themselves because of what I've accomplished already. And yeah. so I'm not going to look a gift horse in the mouth. Not and I love that. I love that when you actually, you know, you then keep leaning into what you're wanting to do, and then you think this is it, and then you're like so excited. I bet you were just beyond excited with three books, six books, ten books, you know, fifteen books, and then now it's like, oh, different genres, you know, movie deals. Who doesn't want a movie deal? We could all be watching, you know, your amazing. Um, I love that. If there's any agents out there, I'm available to talk. <laughs> Let's just put it out there you know and that's it put it out there you know we should we should be you know if, if you know someone definitely uh reach out to celeste because this is you know exactly what we need to do to try and you know um help each other to be able to to um make these amazing things happen and the whole world of audiobooks you know that's right there's we, we once we start leaning into our success you realize how in 
infinite it is, right? You know, for you now, you must just be sitting there going, wow, the world's my oyster. You know, you could go in so many ways. It's so surreal to think that I have 27 books out that people read. Hmm. You know, I would have quit a long time ago and <laughs> there was no demand. I wouldn't keep supplying. Yeah. But have these 27 books and I have three audiobooks already produced, 10 in the works. I have the possibility for switching genres. Like, it never dawned on me four years ago that this could be you know, a possibility. Yeah. My first series, when it ended, I felt like a total empty nester. Like I was like, I sent my last kid off to college. <laughs> and then I thought, well, write the next series. And the first probably like 15 books that I released, each release day, it was like, they're the new kid. Are they going to have somebody to sit with and eat with at lunch? Like, are they going to make friends? It felt like I was sending my child off into the world. And now it's not so angsty on release day. Um, you know, I have other processes in place so that I know things are going to go smoothly, but it is surreal. I never thought that this is what I would do. And I never imagined that I would have the size readership that I do. Yeah. Um, it really is kind of mind boggling to know that, you know, I've sold more than 50,000 copies of my books, something like that in the space of three years when that exceeds many authors lifetime sales. Yeah. You know, so, and it's, I've just gotten started. I have plenty of time. Um, you know, I'm still exactly. like a toddler in the business. I have plenty of time, you know, mm -hmm. I'm, I'm hitting milestones that I can appreciate and that drive me towards the next one. Oh, oh, my goodness. You certainly are. You are kicking butt, girl. Uh, and your hubby must have such a new in a window into your soul. <laughs> Does he sit there in bed reading it going, hello, sweetheart? <laughs> no, he actually hasn't read any of my books all the way through. <laughs> and, it, it, you know, it's not because he isn't supportive. It's just, it's not his cup of tea. Not which I'm fine with I am not insulted by that at all um I think weird. in some ways for me it almost is easier that he doesn't because I don't have to be like oh, yeah. does he think I'm wasting my time with this like does he think I'm talented he just is like good for you keep going you love this and bringing in the income that you want so yeah go ahead okay. So yeah, no, he doesn't read my books, but maybe when I write the World War II series, he might be more inclined <laughs> to. Go, oh, that's something I'd really like. Yeah. Uh, that is so fantastic. A for him. So she's yeah, <laughs> not an avid reader. And honestly, with the content that I write, it's easier when people I know don't read my books. <laughs> That's an I want all of our listeners to read your books. So yes. let's tell everyone how, you know, can you give us an example of one of your books? Um, how, do you, how do we find you, Celeste? How do we just get engrossed? And it, let's face it, if you're going to love one of Celeste's books, she's got many, many. That's what I love it. When you get into like a, a series on something, you go, well, I've got more. There's more of this style. So how do they yeah. find And I do. I do write in series. Um, I have a six book Scottish Highlander series. That was my first one. 
Um, I have a five book Viking series. I have a four book pirate series. And then I just released book 12 out of a planned 15 for my The Highland Ladies. So you can go to my website, CelesteBarkley.com, and you can find a listing of the books and links there. You can go to Amazon and you will find me there, paperbacks and eBooks. You can search for me on Goodreads. You can search for me on BookBub. You can just Google me and <laughs> I will come up. But, um, you know, I, I like to say that I fuse history and steam together. You know, a lot of people do have preconceived notions about what romances and there's nothing wrong with Fabio but he's not on any of my covers you know it's not the stereotypical bodice rippers um you know my really long series the Highland Ladies each book has some type of social consciousness social justice undertone to it um you know one of them really explores misogyny another one explores body dysmorphia, another one explores um, alcoholism, unwed mothers, there's something, um, yeah. ethnocentrism, there's something relatable to the modern woman that is still genre and historically appropriate in that series. And I set out to really have one topic per book. Um, so that's the books that are on the, the top mm -hmm. shelf that you can see. Um, and then if I swivel a little bit, you can see my Viking series and you can see one of my pirates. Yeah. Um, so, you know, if you love a little bit of adventure with, um, your history, then give me a try, you know, yeah. check me out. And those people who sign up for my newsletter get a free copy of my first Viking book anyway. So that's a great way to tackle. Oh, absolutely. So, Everybody, drop onto CelesteBarclay.com, get yourself, sign up for her newsletter, get yourself a free read to get you started. And I am sure you're going to be absolutely captivated. And um, and in the, in the book that she's produced and how captivating has it been just sharing with you today on this podcast, you are such a fascinating woman and so beautifully talented I love supporting women and hearing about women's stories that they have just you know back themselves and it's hard it's hard to believe in yourself it's hard to back yourself it's hard to make those big decisions sometimes like Celeste you know you have to then not even tell anyone so that you're just being and brave all by yourself I don't encourage that everybody you yeah. know <laughs> But, but um, you know, it's okay. You know, you don't have to be perfect first time around. Um, but I love, I love the journey that you've had. And I love that, that inner desire that has just fueled you. And what I also love is tapping into that creativity that you've always had. I love that you shared that you used to have, you know, it's tapping into your imagination. And that's thing we've always had it. You, you look at any child, they've all got stories going around their head. They're in make believe, they're creative. And you just want to encourage that. You know, there's so much value in tapping into your your child nature and be, it's allowed I, to just come I it for so long because mm. of academic pursuits yeah. and professional ambitions and other fields. And I didn't really think I was that creative until I allowed myself to use my imagination again. You know, kids have it every day. Mm. And then by the time they're in secondary school, it starts to get fizzled out. Yeah. And so being able to find it again has been really mm. freeing to me and it's just exciting to me. There's 
there's more there than I realized or gave myself credit for. Um, and so, you know, that's, that's one of my things that I want to share with women. And it, it's not writing specific. It's that allow yourself to explore those things that you don't think you can do because you probably can. And you won't know if you don't try, Yeah. but whether it's a monetary success or just an inner success, let yourself explore. And it doesn't have to be full time. It can be a hobby. It can be mm. something you dabble at, but engage that with yourself and give yourself the credit that you deserve because nobody else will if you don't start (laughs) exactly exactly just start just take a step towards and that's it learn on the way ask for feedback there's a lot of author coaches who will help you you know know, if there's anybody out there listening, you can contact me through my website. You can find me on Facebook and message me. I really try to get back to people within like 24 hours because I have been so fortunate with the authors that have mentored me that if I can help somebody, don't hesitate. I will get back to you because it's the least I can do to give back a little bit for all that I've received. Yeah. And that's an incredible offer. And so I do, I encourage people to do that because that's it. I know a lot of people, people that I coach, they get stuck in this, you know, I really want it. I think about it regularly. It burns in my heart. You know, it's such a shame I can't. And whereas you're going to go, yeah, just take a step, just do it, you know, and then just the whole world explodes. And it doesn't mean you're going to be an international seller best first time, you know, it just meant but the learning and the growth. And I love that freedom that you've tapped into, you know, you're happy, you can feel your energy, right? You I am. I really, really am. Flow and you just go at the end of the day, that's right. You've got freedom to just be and to continue fine tuning your craft, seeing what other opportunities there are in there, opens you up to a whole network of people who are in your space and understand you. Uh, there's so many benefits from uh, being able to, yeah, just blossom in. Yeah, in- I've been so fortunate. I really have. So, you know, I'm excited for whatever is to come. I don't know what that is yet. It'll present itself when it's ready, but you know, I definitely have been very, very fortunate. And I can truly say it's not work. It's something I love doing. Um, (laughs) Well, I think you should send your books to uh, the cast of Outlander and they should definitely see it very much a spin-off series there because I was a big fan. So I think I'll be a big fan for that. If anybody knows, (laughs) you know, by all means, I'll send it out to whomever. Exactly. But, yeah, I mean, I would, I would love that. I, you know, a whole nother conversation, but I've already oh. cast most of my books. So I already know who I need for various characters. So it won't take long. I promise we can get production going soon. <laughs> well, watch your space, guys. And I, I'll be thrilled to be re-interviewing you in just maybe a couple more years talking about your first first uh, experience in that, in that um, area of film. And uh, yeah, exactly. It's so, so exciting. Well, thank you so much for sharing me on, on Memoirs of Successful Women today. It's been absolute delight. I think you're an incredible star. And uh, yeah, just keep doing what you're doing. And definitely, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, to um, start reading some more and have a bit of escape time myself. So why not? <laughs> thank you so much for having me. I have really enjoyed myself. I have loved having conversation with you. And thank you for the opportunity because it's been a lot of fun for this past hour. It feels like five minutes. <laughs> <laughs> it sure does. We can talk all day. But um, yeah, thanks so much. Bye-bye.
Thanks so much for listening to this episode of Memoirs of Successful Women. You can find me at anniegibbons.com where you can download my free resources, get connected on social and check out my online magic transformation program. If you love this show, feel free to subscribe to future episodes and of course, share it with your friends. I'll see you again soon and until then, happy podcasting.